Do you want to follow along with us? Go to the breadcrumbministries.com website and click on the Rhodes Devotional tab. There you will find your daily Bible verse, a link to the Bible verses themselves, and the Rhodes format. You can follow along with us for free. You can also purchase your very own Rhodes Devotional from our website to follow along from anywhere or buy one for a friend. Today is January 6th. And the readings are Genesis 15, 1-6, and Luke 6, 27-36. Our story continues with God speaking to Abraham through a vision. Here, Abraham expresses his confusion about God's promises. In chapters earlier, God had told Abraham that he would make him into a great nation, and yet Abraham remained childless through his bloodline, his first wife Sarai. The Lord took him outside to look at the stars and count them, if that were possible, and then he again promised Abraham that his offspring would be more than the stars. Abraham believed God, and because he believed the word of the Lord that was given to him, God gave him credit as righteousness. Another version words it like this, The Lord was pleased with Abraham because he believed, and so his faith made him right with the Lord. Vision experiences really trouble a lot of people when they read about it in the Bible, but it is a modality that God uses to speak to his followers. A vision can occur during the day or night, and God describes it as a way he reveals himself to people. There are many supporting scriptures to describe visions, so I won't list them here, but there are two, one in Numbers 12, 6, and there's also a cool story about a visionary experience that you can read about in Luke 1, chapter 1, verse 8 through 22. There are times when visions seem to be rarer than others, as described during the time of Samuel. I've had visions from the Lord before, and they're quite an extraordinary experience that can't really be duplicated. An angel led Peter out of a prison once, and Peter thought he was having a vision because visions seem to be so real life, but yet it was really happening. If you think about it, visionaries are known to lead others because they can see something that has not yet appeared and may also have the ability to project to others what they see to help it become real. Most of our modern world is created because of this visionary type natural ability, so it makes sense to me that this has a supernatural parallel. To set the stage for what we read in Luke, Jesus is surrounded by a large crowd of people. He'd been healing the sick and curing people who were troubled by unclean spirits when he goes through a series of contrasts of blessings and woes. Blessed are you when people hate you and reject you as evil because of following him, because your reward is great in heaven. But woe if everyone speaks good of you now, because this is how the false prophets who were not from God were welcomed. Jesus pushes on and tells them to go even further than they can imagine and probably do on their own. Love your enemy. Bless those who curse you. He explains that even non-believers are good to each other if they like each other. He compares sinners who of course loan out money because they expect to get paid back. But as his followers, we are to lend and not to expect anything back. He tells us to pray for those who mistreat us. This passage is most famously known for do to others as you would have them do unto you. I think these passages are some of the hardest for Christians to do and likely impossible in our own strength. But we all know when a person 
person isn't acting in this Christ-like way. So many people will offer to help or do things for you, but when it comes with an expectation that you are indebted or owe them something back, you definitely can feel it. Some people do for others for the immediate gratification of audience praise or personal feeling, but either way, the action is not rooted in Christ-like love or kindness. It's rather something we do for ourselves. We see this attitude played out well in movies when audiences can't wait for the villain to get his payback. However, in the end, the truly good opponent typically cannot follow through to turn them in or take revenge. In the end, the better person ends up granting mercy and tries to learn a greater lesson from the encounter. Part of us feels relieved that good truly turns out to be good, but another part of us really wants the evil villain to pay. Sometimes we get both when opposing villain takes out another villain, but the innocent person still gets to leave with their hands clean of wrongdoing. It really pulls on our emotions, but we know that the innocent must remain innocent and good. I think both of these passages encourage us to keep our eyes on the long-term hope of God's goodness and believe Him. Once again, we see where God encourages us through promises, and Jesus confirms that we need to push ourselves to truly walk in His love versus our own because it's right. He's right, and we will be rewarded. Some believe our rewards will only come on the other side in heaven, but I think there are some tangible payoffs of peace of mind and a spirit that feels at rest with the Lord. Think about it. If you choose to forgive and not to take revenge or demand some sort of payback, you're more like who God is, which is perfect and pure. Let's pray. Dear Lord, help me to push myself to be more like you. I will remain open to receive your words through visions, dreams, and prayers. Please help me in areas I struggle to forgive others. Lead me to the right people that will help me to restore my soul and find peace with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Until Until next time, follow the breadcrumbs. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our blog, and visit our website, breadcrumbministries.com. Listen to our podcast, donate to our ministry, or shop. 